Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. Listen up, auto thoughts and Decepticlowns. You are listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, I'm your other host, Audrey. Welcome to the 80s, everybody. We're back in the past, where it all began. We're going back to the future. To the the far-flung years of 1984, with, I think, inarguably, the most iconic Transformers origin. Like, the, the Marvel comic technically predates this, but I feel like this version of these events is like- Th- I one. mean, this is Transformers. Like, full stop, this is Transformers. Um, and just like the book, downright Orwellian. I don't know what I meant by that. Sorry. It's it's 1984. Um, God. This is, again, this is just season one of G1, and we're not even into, like, the real crackpot stuff no. yet. But, boy, do we come off strong with some of, some of the... It, it is, like incredible because some of the shots like especially like of cybertron are gorgeous right like the the actual art of it is like something out of you know akira or something you know it's these like huge sprawling cyberpunk cityscapes and like these really original vehicle designs and it's really like stunning to look at and then you get three star screen moon yeah listen the the animation errors will no- only get worse and also better as time goes i'm just on. saying duality of it's man true. uh yeah so you know we're, we're starting the transformers or as it is retroactively known g1 uh, obviously it was not called that upon release because there weren't any other generations um but yeah, we're, this is the three-parter to open up the first Transformers show, More Than Meets the Eye, parts one, two, and three. Uh, we start off, I mean, this, this even if you didn't know going into it, this show so immediately dates itself as an 80s cartoon um, in terms of animation style, um, voice acting, and in this case, uh, like narration and storytelling, because the show opens up with this film noir ass narration, um, that is so like iconic of like the mid '80s to early '90s. And of course, that is Victor Caroli or Caroli, the the voice of G One. He can be heard all over the original cartoon and in the movie. I think he's actually still around. He's pretty old, but I think he's still kicking around. And I will not be going over the usual voice actors thing here. There are too many fucking guys. Um, there's all of them, almost all of them voice like seven dudes. Frank Welker is yeah. half the Decepticons, probably. Um, like, at le- he's he certainly half, at least half the Decepticons that matter. He's definitely both Laserbeak and Ravage um as well you know, as obviously megatron and Soundwave. i mean it's, it's very funny that the first transformer you actually see on screen in g1 is wheeljack. wheeljack yes so this is one of my favorite little like tidbits of knowledge because i really love wheeljack in in g1 i would say my like favorite characters are probably like starscream first then wheeljack then grimlock yeah. 
Um, and, um, like, he, he's the first one! He's stealing some rods with his boy Bumblebee, and we instantly get into one of the, the best parts of this opening Cybertron sequence, which is the fucking funky retro future 80s alt modes. And again, like, this part of the show looks great. Like, and I kind of get, like, I kind of get it. Like, if you're going to put all of your budget, your coked out animators and tell them to, you know, really concentrate on one area, you want, like, the first five minutes of the series to really count, to make a really strong first impression. And it does. Um, it's good to look at. It's a real, like, genuinely, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, we, we we're immediately introduced to the whole thing. Autobots, Decepticons, Cybertron is suffering from severe fuel shortages due to the Endless War. Uh, the Autobots are trying to get enough energy to leave Cybertron in search of other fuel sources. We do almost immediately get our first voice acting error. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as as Wheeljack and Bumblebee are trying to make their way back to Iacon, uh, they encounter the Elite Trine. And Starscream opens his mouth to, you know, give the order to attack. But that is sure as hell not Chris Lotta's voice that come out. That is, I believe, Thundercracker's yeah, I think it's, voice. I think it's either... It's either I th- Thundercracker and Scarab are hard to tell apart. I think Thundercracker's voice they is are. deeper. He's like down here. Thunder- yeah. So I think it was, I think that was Thundercracker's voice that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the Tetra Jets, as they're called here, the things that the Seekers turn into on Cybertron are like, this is truly iconic. I mean, everything in this three-parter is iconic, but these things are like... The coolest looking Cybertronian alt modes, I think. These these things look so fucking cool. Yeah. All of the, like, all of the, like, ground pounder alt modes kind of look like Cybertrucks. Yeah, Wheeljack is just a Cybertruck. Bumblebee transforms into a car that would have a really, really hard time on any road that has walls. He's very wide. Yeah, I mean, the, so, like, the ground pattern designs are, like, not that interesting. Because, like, again, there's only so many things that, like, a car can be. You know what I mean? Like, there are limitations on cars. But, like, the tre- Tetra Jets are really cool because they're, like, really inspired by UFOs and stuff. Um, and the shapes that, like, UFOs and shit can be are vastly varied. You know what I love about G1 Starscream after after Wheeljack and, and uh, Bumblebee kind of escape Decepticon's clutches and flee back to Iacon. We kind of we kind of check in with Megatron. Immediate, literally line one, not counting when he somehow spoke with Thundercracker's voice, which is a cool party trick. Uh, line one <laughs> from Starscream is like, "I bet I would be a better leader than you, Megatron. I'm just saying, He's I'd su- be better than you." They suck so bad at this. They're really fucking stupid. They, they're they truly the twits. Like, yeah, that's, McIntyre's like, nuh-uh, you fucking idiot. And Soundwave is on the side being like, god fucking damn yeah, it. I mean, like, oh. <laughs> Speaking of Soundwave, I think it's really it's really convenient that either lampposts or communication towers on Cybertron look like Soundwave T-posing, I guess? That's his alt mode. He T-poses. Those are also all uh, cassettes. Uh, cassette players yeah, team I posing, just, I, actually. It's functionalist society. I, 
they're they've been frozen guys, in place. Surely you know what Soundwave turns into. Get rid of those things so you'll know if he's around. What's the one constant in all your failed communications? Yeah, yeah. We we also we see Jazz's alt mode is pretty boring. It's just like a it's like a hover sports car. Oh well, before before we get over to Jazz, I do want to say one of the other characters we get introduced to here is Shockwave. Yes. Um, who is who is so great at G one Shockwave and his huge naturals. Um, he's very busty. His in, propor- this, uh, in this appearance, his proportions are insane. Um, Megatron, I would love to look you-, you in the eye, but I can't see you over my massive rack. Yeah, and like he is in G one, he's like the ultimate cuck, mm-hmm. which is like really funny. Um, but like. All the Decepticons are like, all right, we're leaving this shit show. Get out. And like, he's like, and Megatron's like, everyone prepare to board, except you, Shockwave. Shockwave, you're staying behind. And Shockwave's like, yes, sir, it's an honor. And Megatron's like, okay. Can I watch, Megatron? I, yeah, the thing about Shockwave that's so funny is that this is basically the only version of Shockwave that is like fiercely loyal. Every other Shockwave is like a, a, with the exception of Prime, I guess. Every other shockwave is like a scheming nightmare man with a bi- who does a billion war crimes and makes everything everybody's lives ten times worse. Shockwave, shockwave is loyal to science. Yes. in in most uh, he is depictions he is, of he is him. driven by logic first and foremost. Yeah, um, um, for a variety of reasons, depending on your canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, that is that is where his true a interest and b loyalties lie. Um, but in G one, he's in G one cartoon. He's just he's just Megatron's chesty uh, guy on Cybertron. He's just yeah, hanging out. constantly being confounded by females. Females. Um, <laughs> I need to get a fucking uh, soundboard machine and just have that on lock <laughs> at all times because it's so funny. <laughs> um, there, I mean, there. I guess Prime is. Even Prime isn't that loyal to Megatron. No, but he's not. I mean, he's more loyal to Megatron. He's not a schemer, but even he is still like, okay, I'm going to do my funny little experiments now. His experiments just are less atrocious than they are. Yeah, he he just wants to do. He just wants to spit in God's face is all. And Megatron's perfectly content to leave him with that. Because it gets some cool dragons. Yeah, listen, he didn't. He didn't do anything that Ratchet and Wheeljack don't do in G One. It's true. They th- those two truly are mad scientists. So this is when this is when we cut over to the Auto Base to Iacon, which is a big dome, uh, and we see Jazz and his shitty little hover car alt mode. And we also see Soundwave T posing, uh, and he dispatches Laserbeak, yeah. who looks like a Roomba currently. Listen, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this a lot in this series, but whoa, laser beak be upon ye! Like he's he is legitimately a da- one of the most dangerous Decepticons, especially in this. Bing bong, fuck your life. Basically, that's 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 Sandway's primary function. Is uh, just, yeah, holding laser yeah, beak and ravage. Yeah, just throw a pigeon into the room and leaving. Um, <laughs> you know, we get we got all our boys here. We got Optimus Prime. You know the classic G one Optimus Prime. It's, it's it's time to go. We have enough energy to launch the Ark, and and look for some uh, some energy elsewhere. But uh oh, Laserbeak saw the whole thing, and now the Decepticons know. So we get them like going through space, and in the, they're in the middle of an asteroid field and all that. Like, uh, and if we're skipping some character introductions, don't worry, the show does too. 
Windcharger's name is literally never said. Listen, you you really have to understand. Again, we've we've talked about it before, but more than any other series, G One was there to sell toys. Mm -hmm. Everything else was incidental. So names are optional. They just want you to see the product. And but there's also so many of these motherfuckers. The cast is huge. All right. Let me see if I can remember the crew of the Ark off the top of my head. No. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Prime. That's a gimme. Ironhide. Wheeljack. Bumblebee. Prowl. Blue Streak. Jazz. Mirage. Brawn. Huffer. Cliff Jumper. Hound. Hound, Trailbreaker. Like already. That's too many guys. Did you say Ratchet? I don't think you ratchet said Ratchet Ratchet is yet. there, too. That's so many dudes. Uh, technically, Roller. Roller is, is Optimus's little pet. This doesn't really count. Gears may or may not be there. I don't remember. Um, Wind Charger. Gears was there. No, Gears, Gears was there. Gears and Wind Charger. That's like 15 guys. Gears was there because he switches out with uh, Cliff Jumper between frames in another scene <laughs> later on. That's his power. Meanwhile, the Woo! thing about the Decepticons is they actually have a much smaller starting cast. Like it's it's the it's the Elytron, Megatron, Soundwave, fucking Reflector. Reflector. <laughs> it's so funny that Reflector. And so are. they just like fill out the Decepticon ranks with a bunch of generic the blue seekers. Three, three of Soundwave's Cassetticons, yeah. Laserbeak, Ravage, and yeah. Rumble. Frenzy is somewhere in there, but he doesn't get to come out very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the cast. And I guess it's, maybe Buzzsaw is as well. So there's like a bunch... Here's what's really interesting, is that w- there are a bunch of seekers that you see. Um, but what's really funny about it right now is that they only had like the Elite Trine, I guess, like planned out or voiced or what or named or whatever. So it's just like a ton of clones of Thundercracker and Skywarp. <laughs> they just like I just like I like choose like any other color. Like you don't have to name them, just choose any other color, but it's just a whole bunch of blue and purple assholes. Yep. So yeah, that this is our wave one cast, and yes, it's huge, and yes, most of them only have one or two lines. Does it matter? No, buy the toys. Anyway, the nemesis boards the arc and they start fighting. It's kind of brutal, honestly, um, the fight that goes down in here. Doesn't well before before it boards the arc, they uh, like the Autobots are trying to get away from them, um, and they like blow up a meteor, and Soundwave just has a great line, which is "Meteor shower, meteor shower." Yes, thank you, fucking AccuWeather Soundwave. Um, yeah, they they board the sh- the. They don't let the Autobots get away. They board the ship. We get the same four seconds of animation repeated over itself. That was a pretty good one. It kind of looks like they're just waving their arms near each other in a lot of these wide shots. I mean, there's like one part in particular where like Optimus is telling everyone to like prepare for to be boarded where it literally just clips over itself like someone trying to loop a security camera. It's beautiful. So they fight. For like four seconds. They fight. Everyone's fighting on the arc. But uh uh-oh. They fell into Earth's gravity well, and they're going to fucking crash. They crash into a volcano. Oh, shit. The SpongeBob narrator voice for <laughs> years later. <laughs> yeah, then the volcano erupts, which, like, knocks Teletran 1's fucking satellite thing loose, and it immediately goes, explore, explore, in Casey Kasem's voice, um, who is, of course, the voice of Clunch Upper and also the voice of American Top 40 Radio and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. 
he was around a lot in the in the 70s and 80s. The so, Scooby-Doo gang's all here. And funnily enough, the first guy that Teletrain 1 fixes is fucking Skywarp. This, okay, so this is fascinating. What is really fascinating to me is that, like, just talking about, like, fandom stuff for a second, Megastar is probably the single most popular ship in the fandom. Um, make of that what you will. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, I, again... I'm not going to comment on my feelings about it, um, but that is probably like the single most popular ship in the fandom, probably shortly followed by Mega Megop. Right. Um, however, Skywarp is the first one to wake up, and Skywarp wakes up Megatron, and Skywarp is so loyal to Megatron, and like the amount of like. Meg Sky that's out there is like woefully lacking given their actual in character um interactions. And I just think it'd be funny to think about AU where everything is the same except Skywarp is the second in command instead of Starscream. It'd be a very short AU because Starscream would kill him. Yeah. You can't have anyone else above Starscream because they'll just kill his way up to the to the top until he's next to Megatron, and then he'll repeatedly try to kill him. Yeah, the issue with Starscream is he actually is stronger than everyone else except for Megatron. Yeah, it's also interesting because like, so a lot of these characters, you know, the, Bob Bediansky wrote all these character profiles for the 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 Marvel comics and the original toy line, which some of it makes it into the show, some of it doesn't. Uh, Skywarp and Thundercracker in particular have all of their personalities like leached away pretty much. Um, because like Skywarp is supposed to be kind of a dumb thug who likes to cruelly prank people, but he's not very bright, so he's very easy to order around. And Thundercracker kind of has this thing, even back then in the 80s, uh, for his character prof- profile, where like he's kind of questioning his place in the Decepticons and what they're doing and all that. No, that's in the show. They're just guys. They're just dudes. Can I say really quickly one of my favorite fanon interpretations for why um, Skywarp uh, isn't so bright? Why is that? Um, because his systems are constantly overclocked with keeping his warp drive. In <laughs> and, and like, and like doing um, like calculations to like break through the space time continuum. He's fucking overheating. Basically, that, like, so much of his focus is, like, focused on his outlier. So much of his uh, processor is focused on his outlier ability that he doesn't have um, enough, like, memory, basically, to <laughs> so, to focus on other so things. So whenever this is Scarab's room, you should just hear, like, in the background, just, like, fans going. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> No one's just stand near him because he gets way I too mean, hot. I mean, listen, that's there. There are other implications about that, <laughs> but so the Decepticons all get repaired and woken up, and they're like, "Oh my!" Megatron's like, "Yes, we're on the, uh, a planet rich with energy. We're gonna fucking suck this place dry. Hell yeah!" Uh, and now, then we're gonna go back to Cybertron with all that energy, renew it, and then suck it dry again brilliant plan great job megatron this is a very sustainable model of empire you have in mind here uh however starstream as usual ruins everything um this is the entire thing is his fault because he just starts shooting at the mountain and megatron's like hey knock that shit off what the fuck are you doing he's like i'm just saying goodbye and guess what shooting the fucking mountain 
knocks Optimus Prime over, and he gets repaired. And now the Autobots are back. Good job, buddy. He, he's it. listen. He's the hero we deserve. Now here's this is my favorite part of this episode where after cliff jumper no that's my second favorite but before that that we uh, <laughs> uh, megatron's going like all right everyone gives you your assignments sound wave draw me a spaceship uh star scream oh yeah this. ready to do some construction and then he takes rumble and sound wave with them and basically star scream and a four-year-old argue about whether or not he could be president <laughs> That's because he Rum, rumbles like, yeah, you could never beat Megatron. He doesn't have a weakness. And Starsky's like, I bet he does. Uh, please, Rumble's twelve. <laughs> rumbles definitely in middle school. <laughs> I learned all sorts of new swears today. Oh my god! Yeah, so he argues. With rumbles voice. His, rumbles voice is so choice. <laughs> all rumbles should sound like this. Uh. But I mean, I also want like the lead up between this be, before this as well, where like. Megatron's like uh, Starscream get constructing and Starscream too I will say like in all fairness to him goes with what yeah. <laughs> like what are you talking about do you want about? me to and build Megatron's some shit like, out of rocks that's all that's around yeah they're in the middle they're in the middle of the desert and Megatron's like get creative and he's like I don't know and he like points over to a plant uh like power plant in the middle and off in the distance which will become imminently important and goes use that and Starscream's like all right fine I'm going to need some help though so I'm stealing your most loyal soldier and his kid bye idiots they're just all just stupid as fuck um so yeah my favorite part about I will say my favorite part about G1 Soundwave is that he's obviously loyal to Megatron but he's also like much more passive and willing to just be an observer yeah he just hangs around to shit he's just, he's yeah. just chilling he's like 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 Starscream needs me yeah sure he's still my technically my superior I guess so the Autobots wake up and they Optimus sends uh, Cliffjumper and Hound out for recon um Cliffjumper okay first of all <laughs> Cliffjumper Cliffjumper wants to kill so badly. He is he's sick. Blood, he's, he's a bloodthirsty freak. Like, yeah, so like, you know, Optimus is handing out assignments, and Cliffjumper's like, "Hey, can we do murder? I want. I want to murder. Kill his fucking I, I want to kill. I want. I want to kill." And it's like, buddy, maybe you should chill out, and maybe you'll survive a series. Yeah. So then they then they 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 go up. They go up on a mountain. And they see the Decepticons building a space bridge somehow out of what that that power plant i guess don't worry um, about it don't worry about and it and hound's zooming in like we, we kind of cut it on hound's vision and he's like oh man they're building a space bridge. this is pretty bad and and <laughs> cliff jumper well well before he says that cliff jumper's like let's go kill them and hound's like no we were just sent here to observe and then we see from like yeah. hound's perspective and he's talking to cliff jumper and he's like yeah it's looking like this and it cuts back <laughs> cliff jumper has Produced a gun that is bigger than he is. This is a rocket la- what launcher. The fuck? So where did you? Cliff jumper is a mini bot. This is a cliff jumper. It's called subspace. Here, so here's an interesting uh, concept that I don't think actually gets described in the show, but um, is commonly accepted as existing in G1. It's called subspace. It's not what happens when you do a uh, bdsm Uh scene it is instead (laughs) it is instead um like pocket dimension where 
they are able to carry some amount of stuff, um, including some of their own mass in most uh, interpretations, like when they do mass displacement, as we will see Megatron do with his alt mode uh, later on. It is theorized that some of that mass goes to subspace as well. So it's not exactly clear how much they can carry in subspace, but some amount. And I assume that's where Cliffjumper kept this. I pulled this out of my ass, hound. And now I've got Megatron See, dead in my sight. So he, he literally mi- couldn't, though, because it's bigger than he is. He missed. He misses. He says he has Megatron dead in his sights. That goes nowhere even near Megatron. Fucking shoot better, bro. And it, for the second time, whoa, Laserbeak be upon and, you. Yeah, like, oh, it's, we just got to split up because they're they're driving away from Laserbeak. And we just got to split up. He can't chase both of us. Now, I... There's a lot of abilities in this first episode that never show up again. For instance, the Autobots can just fly, same as the Decepticons. They won't be able to do that for the rest of the show. Uh, Yeah, that was fun to see. I'd forgotten about that. Laserbeak can detach one of his guns to fly autonomously. He never does this again. That's because it gets destroyed here. But he, Cliff Jumper destroys it, so he never has it anymore. Make, they give him another one. That one just doesn't work. The Listen, same. they're on Earth. They don't have damn, the. It's true. Hook, Hook is doing the best he goddamn can. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Hook's too busy giving. Uh, no, Shockwave has big naturals. He isn't getting any any surgery for those. Yeah. So he's giving Starscream bigger. <laughs> I must be bigger than Shockwave. I must assert dominance. So he splits off the the satellite gun goes after Cliff Jumper who destroys and it. Hound gets and, owned. Yeah, and Laserbeak goes after Hound who is like, "Damn, you really don't give up!" And then immediately beefs it. I hope Rip Hound. We hardly I knew hope you. All of you are ready to watch. All of the Autobots take huge L's repeatedly, usually by falling down hills. That happens so- a lot. I will say, like, very even-handed, everyone takes huge L's constantly yeah, no. in this show. There is not a single competent character in this nobody, show, not nobody one. Nobody looks cool. Also- Skyfire the, might be the closest. And that's because he's not around as much, so he got, he like he gets to be cool when he shows up. Yeah. Um, Who's Hauler? <laughs> hey, who's that guy? <laughs> who's that crane? They call him Hauler. Yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Hauler. Where, where do, where do you go? Ha- where'd you go do, so this is, do, this is like do, do. this is never re- like expanded upon if this is just an autobot who's because there is an autobot crane but he doesn't show up until season two and this is a hauler and it's a crane and he pulls hound up and he's like he's, yeah, he's hauler. hauler well he's just a fact of life we all we all you know hauler that guy yes we've all seen hauler <laughs> So yeah, they have a they like uh, they have a thing. Where Clifford's like, ah, geez, Hound, I'm sorry. I, sh- I uh, I'll be more careful next time. And Hound's like, next time, be careful not to miss. And they share a good laugh. And I kind of wanted ha- there be- there to be a pause. And Hound just says, no, I mean it. Next time, kill that motherfucker when you have the chance. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say that like uh, the nice thing about G one is like the stakes don't matter no. at all. No one's actually dead ever. Until the movie, when everyone is suddenly made Until of tinfoil. Until the movie, foil. when everyone becomes super dead. Um, yeah. Like, outrageously dead. So, we, we then, you know, we, we get the, the Subjectons scaring some fucking guys in hard hats. So this is important. This is important. In G1, 
if you are anyone with a blue collar job, you must wear the uniform. Bright yellow hard hat, blue jeans, button up shirt. That's that's every dude in this show. That's all boots with the fur. Boots with the fur. And then they uh then then the Decepticons go attack a fucking oil derrick. And this is where yeah. we see Spark plug in Spike, who is question mark years old. I don't know how old Spike are, is supposed to are be. Are plucky human characters. I think Spike's supposed to be around eighteen. Yeah, he, he graduated from high school. He's apprenticing on his with his dad. Like that's presumably what's happening yeah. here. Yes, that is what that is what I believe is what it is. So he's I would say Spike is supposed to be between eighteen to twenty. Um, then the Decepticons attack, and the Autobots arrive to save them. Okay, well, before the Autobots arrive, the humans do fight back, which is, like, one of the most least realistic this is, parts. This is, yeah, this is where Rumble <laughs> shoves Spike onto his ass for the first time. This happens a Rumble, lot. Rumble's the funniest character <laughs> really funny. in this series. He's... I love Rumble so much, shit! Fuck Starscream, Rumble's like, my favorite character just, in Jim. It's so funny because he never acknowledges the humans. He just like shoves them out of the way all the time. Yeah, so like Yeah, so like the the Decepticons are there and like all the humans are like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? And rather than running away, which is what any human would actually do, they all start throwing rocks at them. Real David and Goliath moment, except it doesn't go. Yeah, look, look, it's really lucky you guys are in the 80s cartoon and not all hell Megatron, or else things would go di- uh, very differently in this situation. <laughs> That's a little genocide. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so most importantly, this is the introduction to Sparkplug and Spike, and then the Autobots show up. Um, here's a here's another animation they, error, by the way. When everyone's fighting the big fighty, there's a giant Rumble who is the same size as Wheeljack fighting him on like a, a platform. Yes, yes, there is. Starscream is also going against Ironhide, which feels unfair for me to me in favor of Ironhide. Yeah, <laughs> that does not seem like an ideal matchup for Starscream. No, not really. Especially on the ground, I don't understand why he's not just flying, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, uh, like, we, we, so the Decepticons have been, like, oh, they also, the Decepticons have, have a thing where called Energon Cubes that Soundwave can pop out of his chest, and you can, it seems like you can just put any old thing in them, uh, oil, raw oil, any, rubies. Any energy source. Are rubies an energy source? They're, okay, you'll note they're not rubies, they're ruby crystals. Okay. You can put anything in there, and it turns into some delightfully delicious energon juice. And it's funny, in the future, uh, energon cubes will be cubes that are stacked up. In this, though, they like push them down into pizza boxes almost. They like compact them. Yeah, it's not delivery. It's the Jornos. So Megatron blows up the oil derrick as they fly away because they know the uh, the Autobots are going to save the. And for the third time, whoa, Laserbeak be upon ye. (laughs) The last thing that happens here is Laserbeak pecking at Optimus's head as he is. Okay, Optimus, listen. I know it's you can't exactly get the best footing where you are. There's no way you can't lift this fucking wreckage over your head, man. You're the leader of the Autobots. You can't lift some fucking steel out of the water bro you're skipping leg yeah 
Anyway, that a lot of L's that, in this that's, series. That's the to be continued in part two. We immediately open on Huffer, who's going. <laughs> Huffer's thing is that he complains all yeah. the time about everything. Uh, Huffer versus Wheelie for uh, most annoying oh, character Wheelie. fight. Wheelie wins because at least Huffer doesn't rhyme. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like uh, the extra layer That's of character true. that meanwhile, <laughs> that, that gives Wheelie. Meanwhile, like, I hate water. I hate being hot. I hate oil. I hate everything. I wish I wasn't here right now. I want to go back to bed. Like, no, okay, Hover man. is also a mini bot. He is. Um, but he's a, like a tow truck he's or like something? Ca- he's like a truck cab, but he's a very, very small Yeah. One. But he's a very, very small one, which is very At funny. At a certain point in the future... In a future episode, now you'll notice he's being rescued by Braun here, who's another mini-bot, but his thing is that he's really strong. Pre- I guess presumably yeah. stronger than Optimus fucking Prime, because he can lift this wreckage off his buddy no problem. So maybe we should reconsider who we put in charge. That's all I'm saying. Um, Short King Mama A. But in the future, there's going to be a... Oh, it's even better. It's even better, actually, because in the future, someone is going to be riding inside of Huffer's cab, and it's Hoist. A guy who is twice Huffer's size in robot mm-hmm. mode. Mass displacement, baby. Fucking insane. Anyway, they get Huffer free, and presumably he keeps complaining off screen. Optimus saves Spike and his dad, and, they, and he brings them back to the Ark to hang out. And Spike is journaling. And, all right. Spike, yeah. maybe he didn't graduate high school, because Spike writes like he's nine. But, buddy, this journal is terrible. It's like, the I, 80s. Leave him alone. I met some big robots today, and they were really nice. <laughs> they saved me and my dad from being burned. And then he just... Alright. Now, Spike. Now, Spike. Now, Spike. You have you have found yourself in the middle of an intergalactic civil war between two races of robots that can transform into things. You already saw Megatron, because we forgot to mention this, uh, episode one is the first time we see Megatron in gun form, I think. He, uh, he transformed to shoot to shoot at Optimus. And of course, his his trigger man, as always, Starscream. Starscream. Except for one time in the third episode where it is again Skywarp. Hmm, interesting. Um, but, so you know that they can get small, Spike. So, he sees a random tape player sitting on a rock in the middle of the desert. And he goes, ooh, boy, and grabs it and takes it inside. He goes, it's not just a tape player. It's a rock. And he goes inside so to where the Autobots all show off their cool abilities. <laughs> They're just like, hey, check this out. Check out what my toy can do in the lore. Not in real life. Like, Mirage turns invisible. Hound shows off his yeah. fucking hollow matter avatar. They don't call it that, but that's what it is. Um, and this is an interesting thing. So, obviously, in these in the pilot episodes... There's a lot of weird stuff that doesn't really carry forward. Like I said, the Autobots can fly freely. Hound is the guy who hangs out with the humans in this one. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Hound sticks around, obviously, throughout Q1, but becomes much less prevalent. Yeah, he's really not. After this. This is basically his only time he ever shines. I don't think he ever gets another, like, focus episode. After I this. think well, he doesn't get like a focused episode, He's but I think he from, does some amount of yeah. stuff in in like the. I'm thinking specifically of the Golden Lake episode. Sure, he's he's always there and they're doing stuff, but he's never like he doesn't get his own stuff to do after this. Yeah, and he's gonna. He says he tells Spike he's gonna take him for the ride of his life. Well, so 
Then the tape player that Spike found turns out to be Soundwave. Oops, you fucking idiot. Possibly seen Thankfully, he doesn't really accomplish anything except getting Ravage caught. Um, so, you know. By the way, Ravage is a cat. I know there's some confusion on that point. He is a cat. He is a jaguar. Does not look like a yeah, dog that, at all. That is definitely a cat. I mean, he's he's ambiguous animal, yeah. but it is definitely... And again, like, interpretations of Ravage's design change, both from series to series. And I think in G1 from episode to episode a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Listen, but, the models ain't like, consistent in the show, I'll tell you right. what. So, you know, that that's an issue of its own. But, like, G1 Ravage is very clearly supposed to be feline. IMO. Yeah, he's, he's got the sleek form. He's got, like, the, the angular head. He doesn't have the ears of a, of a he dog. Has, and he has, he has like, the mouth. Yeah. He has, like, the jaw of, of a, like, a cougar. Re- it's a cougar. It's a fucking cougar. Watch out. <laughs> so they capture the cougar. And put him in a cage, and Soundwave seems kind of sad about it. But also, it's it's fine because they have a oh my God. they have a fucking dam to attack. Uh, um. Yet again, more humans God. fighting back for some fucking reason. At some point in all of this, Sparkplug gets backhanded into a wall by Skywarp. I think it's either in this one or the next one. But like the their humans are getting tossed around. By these guys. Rav- Wait, Ra- does Ravage get put in the cage here? Or well, the he's. Next a, we know he's in the cage. He's. We we don't see him okay. get put in the cage, but we can presume off screen they're wrangling him into a cage. Yeah. So I want to. Uh, yeah. So we, I, I also want to talk about a little bit about what the name of this plan is from the Decepticons. Oh boy. Because they're attacking. They're attacking a a hydro plant. They're attacking the dam now, yeah. right? So so basically. Um, you know, Megatron's like, okay, so oil rig was a bust, but there's many forms of energy on Earth. Great. So it turns out hydroelectric's another one. Found this dam, and Starscream's like, but that's not going to be enough. And he's like, you absolute buffoon, you moron, I'll kill you. <laughs> um, we're going to break, <laughs> we're going to break the dam to send it water rushing through, so it'll generate enough energy for us to get back to Cybertron. So this is the plan, and Soundwave announces it by going by saying the title as he usually does: uh, "Laser Beak Eject Operation Tidal Wave," and he does like a fun little wave motion with his yeah. arm. Yeah, which I really He's having enjoy. a good time. Yeah, but of course, this is this is the mega, uh, classic Soundwave always has like the the blank eject operation blank. Like that's his classic speech pattern. Um, yeah. yeah, they're attacking the dam. They're fucking these dudes up. The Autobots arrive. They they've turned the dam into a kegger, by the they way. Have. Which is great. The uh, the Autobots arrive. Um, the, I think it's at this point where Sparkplug gets fucking backhanded into a wall by uh, Skywarp. Well, actually, there's there's one thing I want to say before before the Autobots join the fray, which is they're looking at the dam and they're like, "Shit, do you think the?" And Prowl says, "Do you think the Decepticons did this?" And Megatron immediately shoots them. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder, Mister Tactician. Hey, Prowl. Hey, Prowl. You good over there? Listen, he is the mind of a genius cop. <laughs> so not very smart. Um, yeah, Sparkplug is backhanded wall. Hound and Spike are still hanging out. Um, there's a so they're fight. The, there's fighting in the dam now. Everything's blowing up. There's a bit where. Okay, this is the this is some of the funny shit in this entire three parter. There's a bit where Hound is fighting Rumble underwater, 
and <laughs> Rumble kind of traps him underneath some rocks, and Spike is up on the shore of the river going, Hound, where are you? And Rumble swims up, slowly gets out of the water, like does a double take towards Spike and just shoves well, him. First, first, no, 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 wait, there's something you missed that's very important, because he gets out, and Spike looks at him and goes, Where's Hound? Right. And what? rather than respond to him, just shoves him into the water. Not even into the water, just like shoves him over, just like, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> leaves. Yeah. He just leaves. Leaves. Um, before that, uh, Megatron and, and Optimus are also, you know, up on, oh, this is on the, the dam doing their, you know, destined Yeah, and Optimus, and Optimus says, Megatron, well, I think we should use these dope-ass weapons that we will literally never use again. <laughs> And Megatron says, excellent idea, Prime. I mean, they get used in other things. Yeah, but least. never in this show again. <laughs> They're precedent setting. They are I iconic. Guess. Um, like these, the Energy yeah. and Energy Mace are super iconic. One episode. Yeah. Um, uh, so two things. One is that I just love how cartoonishly evil Megatron is in G1. Yes. Like, Everything like, is fuel like, to sate my hunger. My hunger for power! Exactly. Like, it's like, it's straight up and down. Like, there's no ambiguity here. There's no black and white morality. Like, Megatron just sucks shit, and so do all of the Decepticons. Um, the other thing, though, is that, like, their speech going back and forth to each other is really giving me, like, middle school play. It does. Also, you know, and you think, oh, wow, this is such a, gonna be such a cool fight. And then Optimus gets distracted by something, and Megatron just, like, Smacks him in the head and knocks him into the water. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> this show's a masterpiece. So then Spike, the boy genius, the smartest man in the world, says, I know what I can do to help Hound. I'll I'll dive into the river and pull him out. He's a <laughs> Spike, he's a fucking robot. He does not need to breathe. He will be fine. Give him like five minutes. He is also a Jeep. Like literally, what can you pull a jeep out of the water? Literally, my what happens is that Spike dives in, swims down, finds a Hound completely fine, about to dig himself out anyway, and then starts drowning. So Hound has to drag him up to the surface. It's very good. Like good, great job, man! You're so fucking useful already. Rushing it. Oh boy. Uh. So yeah, the the dam they fucked up. Dam's busted. Decepticons got away, and they're just like thousands dead and they're just running rampant across the fucking countryside, getting every kind of energy they Slurping can. Slurping it up. Really, I was just doing a pretty bad job here. So this is when the fucking ruby mines come into uh come into play here. Um, also at some point, <laughs> all right, we haven't mentioned Reflector because he's not. They are not important at all, and they stop showing up very shortly. But Reflector is three guys who can turn into a camera. They are they all speak in unison, which is very spooky. I don't like them very much. Um, and Thundercracker uses them as recon to look at a guy. I mean, that, what else are they going to be used for? Honestly, it's really funny when you think about what what figures Hasbro decided to import as a part of the like the first wave of the Decepticon lines. All right, give me the gun robot. Uh, give me the plain one. We can make a lot of dudes out of that plain robot if we just, like, paint them different colors. Uh, yeah, give me the tape deck. That tape deck guy looks pretty cool. And all his like, little, little funny guys there. Uh, yeah, I guess give me the camera. I do think that it, like, sort of speaks to what was popular at the time. I feel like 
the mid 80s was like sort of the beginning of the peak of those like kids disposable cameras that like you know parents would give to their children so that they could feel a bit of like agency yeah um, that were like super popular. I mean, they were popular through when I was a little kid. Um, in the I mid-90s. think I had I think I had like a like a Kodak single uh, like shooter camera. Yeah, like had to crank it. You know, and it wasn't, and it wasn't. I mean, the single shooters were like the normal single shooters were like popular, but like then you got like the character ones. Yeah. Like there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line, and you know, I remember all these like character ones, and most of them would come with like little stamps of that character on the photo. Um, somewhere or whatever to, you know, help entice the kids. So, like, I, I think there is there is something that's, like, very telling about what was popular at the time, right? For sure. Um, and, like, I'm trying to think of of what else we just discussed. But there are, like, other things as well that, like, you wouldn't necessarily think. Look, like the tape deck, right? Right. Like, you know, portable cassette players were just sort of becoming like super popular as well and again we're like giving kids this sort of layer of agency that they hadn't had before um in terms of choosing their own music um and being able to take that with them wherever they go so i i yeah it's not necessarily what you would think of it certainly it's not what you would think of today but i do think it's like an interesting snapshot of what was actually trending at the time it's just like a it's just like a side effect of hasbro sort of scattershotly importing a bunch of stuff from different lines because the the tape deck and the and the uh the camera were micro change guys i think were, were they're like scale models like they aren't supposed to turn into big robots they're like household objects to turn into robots but they made them big for the show um so it, back to the episode the decepticons are way back in the mines got their no, they don't really have pickaxes, but they're doing something. Um, I love Megatron, like in the dig- in the ruby yeah, mines, in the, way back in the. Ruby okay, we mines. need to talk about about what mines these are. These are the Burmese ruby crystal. How they get all the way out there? The, yeah, uh, which Megatron discovered? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Um, and are apparently real things that are very highly energetic. Wow, they did their research. In yeah. in what is now Myanmar. Yep. I don't know how they all got out there, really, um, or why Myanmar, which I believe is like a very tropical nation, uh, is it looks exactly like all the other fucking desert they've been in for the rest of the show. But you know, um, there I love Megatron like digging his hands into the fucking huge thing of crystals and laughing. This is the most cartoonish. He gets pretty cartoonish. This might be the most cartoonish he ever is in the it's series. It's amazing. Then the Autobots show up and they're like, oh, they're in there all right. And Wheeljack's like, I've got an idea. I've got a tactical nuke. And he pulls out a fucking bomb. And he's like, what if we bury him? Optimus. I got a tactical nuke. Uh, Optimus, you unlocked the kill streak. (laughs) I really love Wheeljack's glowy ears. Apparently this is a result of like, Wheeljack was originally supposed to have a face, but the animators sort of, or like the the character designer kind of miss. Uh, misread his his like uh his i don't even have face. a mouth you dumb piece of shit but instead they, but that's, but it's even better because the, the glowy ears are like, like an inspired character design choice anyway he, yes he, his radial they uh spark plugs like i know these minds better than anyone which how spark i i don't know if these 
Like, okay, so they're supposed to be in Burma, mm-hmm. which is in the middle of Asia. Mm-hmm. And Sparkplug knows these mines. Mm-hmm. How and why? <laughs> you know that video about... Mrs. Salt being a beautiful Latina <laughs> uh, Asian woman yeah. who married Mr. Pepper, a French Chinese immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> Spark plug. Uh, so he and Bumblebee go to blow up the Decepticons because uh, they're small. Now I wrote I wrote down this line from Megatron that they overhear when they get in here. It's a very important line. Uh, so that we kind of cut back into the mines. They're they're putting the rubies in the cubes, and he goes. This is the last load. Then we'll pull out. Mm-hmm. So, uh... What's your point? I, I just thought it was uh, humorous phrasing uh, for whatever reason. You can come to that conclusion on your own, listeners. Anyway, this is... I think this is where Sparkplug... <laughs> this is where... Oh, yeah. This is where Sparkplug gets slapped by fucking Skywarp. Isn't... Oh, well... Is this the point where... He's with Bumblebee, yeah, right? Yeah, he and Bumblebee are hanging out. Yeah. So he's with Bumblebee, and it's like mid... They're like sneaking in, and then mid being shot out, shot at, he's like, I think we have company. Great, yeah, damn. You think so? Great job, Sparkplug. Fucking amazing, like, spatial awareness, my man. So so they do plant the bomb, but then Optimus is like, oh, geez, it sounds like it's getting rough in there. Hang on, I'll send in a roller. And so he gets his trailer out. Yeah, he's got he's got a little buddy. His name's Roller. Um, and he 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 drives up. And this is great because because Wheel just say, "Hey, Prime, be careful. The bomb could go off any minute. You don't want to be anywhere near the mines when that happens." And he's like, "It'll be fine, Wheeljack." So he drives up and dispatches Roller, and then immediately the mines blow up, and uh, Optimus takes a big tumble down the hill. There's a couple things that happened before that, and I I can't remember what the order is in. But there are some seekers who come to attack. Uh, yeah, th- I think this is like, like somewhere in the yeah. middle. Yeah, they get shot at, and one of them goes, "I gotta go back for repairs." Oh yeah, it's when uh, no, it's it's thunder. It's when Thundercracker looks through the camera and he sees the the Autobots. He sends some like there guys you go. after them, just some dudes. Yeah, who are also again still blue and purple. Yeah, they're like they're <laughs> um, like knockoff. They're like they're both the same color. They're kind of Thundercracker and kind of Skywarp, but not really. They're like blue and gray. Yeah. They're like they're like lighter versions of them. They're yeah. like not fully saturated. Um, but anyway, like they send it out, and there's like one moment where like one of them gets like shot down, and Spike has one of my favorite lines in these episodes where he just goes, "That's hot." <laughs> oh yeah, he does say that. I forgot to write that down. I was like, "What?" Paris Hilton voice. That's hot. Um. And again, just it's just very funny that there's only two colors for the Seekers at this yep. point. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. There can only be two. So part two ends with Optimus fucking rolling down the hill <laughs> like an idiot, dying. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> Optimus death counter so too. Part, all right, part three opens in a very interesting manner. Um, they find Prime with an old man slipping his yeah, disc. Yeah, so there's a lot of grunting and <laughs> groaning and like yeah, they're like. So everyone rushes over to him and Ratchet's like, Optimus, can you transform? And he's like, I don't know. Let me see. And it's like a full it's minute. so long. I'm just going, Ugh! It's like a full <laughs> minute. Which again, 
may not sound oh. like a lot, but <laughs> when you're watching an old man try to stand up, you're just like, Ugh. it's so He's long. He's grunting the whole time. I feel like Peter Cullen was asked like make some grunts and did it like a minute long. Clip <laughs> they just used so all they of could them. like choose from it, and then they just used all of yeah. it. Yeah. Fucking hell. Like but he's fine. Um the 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 plan works very bad. Like it's not only did they almost blow up Bumblebee and Sparkle who got captured. Uh not only did they almost blow up Roller, who's fine. Um don't worry about him, he never really shows up anymore. He's just you know, he's just a part of the Optimus story, so they're sort of contractually obligated to show him off a little bit. Uh the Zipic can just blow a hole in the ceiling and escape. Because they can fly. Yeah. They're, it's so great. They're, like, celebrating. It's like, this is the first time that, it, of, of many, many, where they're like, and the Decepticons are gone forever. Bye. <laughs> only, for, only for that to be proven wrong within the next five minutes. So they just, yeah, they just, like, busted their way out of the roof. <laughs> and so they're gone. Aww. Uh, Ironhide goes to try and catch them. He flies after them, which is a thing he can still do. And then... Blue Streak, who let me tell you folks, if there's any Autobot who has no fucking personality, it's a Blue Streak. What are you streak. talking about? His personality is talk. It's true. At least in this one. You know, in other kind of news, he gets more of a thing. But, like, here, him and Prowl are basically interchangeable. Um, but he goes after Ironhide, who gets, like, blown up. And he's also injured now. Like, guys, you gotta stop getting owned all the time yeah so then we we cut back to the auto base and this is where we see ravage in the cage um and hound and mirage construct the biggest brain plan of all time so first of all i think this is like a real fun look into mirage's character yes um because mirage is like so we're getting out of here right we're getting out of here, right? If I spend one more minute on this fucking mud ball, I'll kill myself. I cannot stand these weird, weird little squishy freaks running around all the time. Do you know how hard it is? To, Hound, look at me. Do you know how fucking hard it is to not just stomp on them whenever they're around? Do you know how, you know how hard I I'm holding only, myself back? I only have one tin of polish from Cyber Glossier. I'm running out fast. And I'm running out fast. But they basically, so, like, Hound gets a fucking brain blast. He's like, wait a minute. Holograms. And somehow, the all right, I will try to describe the plan. Yeah, please. The because there's, there's a lot of things going on here in this section from both sides. So, the plan is they're going to do, like, a fucking play act in front of Ravage of like, oh, yeah, there's a rocket base just a few miles north of here. And it's got a lot of fuel on it. But, boy, I sure hope the Decepticons don't come and get it. And then they, like, quote-unquote accidentally set him free. Uh, so he runs off. Then the plan is they build a, a fake rocket base... And all of them wear lab coats and ambush the Decepticons when they come to attack the rocket base. Now, this is a very stupid plan. And it works. But <laughs> they get double bamboozled super brained. Because actually Megatron knew the whole time. And he sent a bunch of dr drones made out of junk metal 
to trick the Autobots while they attacked a real rocket base. What? Hello? <laughs> where do they get the... Where do they get lab cuts that big? It's really my main question out of all of this insanity. There's also somewhere in... Okay, so a couple things happen in here. A um, lot happens. One is... A lot happens in here. So, first of all, before they, they go off to do this plan... Quote-unquote um, plan... Right. Oh, one thing I did mention is that the person who actually injures Ironhide is Skywarp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, this is the and, only time he teleports. To... This is the only time he does it. In the yeah, series? Yeah, he's never... Like, he might do it one other time, but, like, he doesn't do this shit. Ever. He he doesn't... He does it a little... Uh, a few yeah, other times. Yeah, but, like, it, is, it, it uh, rarely everyone... comes up. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't come up frequently, which is why I had I have my line here, Skywarp, you can teleport. Um He's too but, stupid to remember he can do uh, that. But he actually what's really interesting is he explicitly asks permission for it. As if Megatron's gonna be like, Yeah, no, don't use your cool ability to take care of these guys. Um he does, he kicks their ass. Showing a lot of deference to um, Megatron there, Skywarp. Yeah. Um so anyway, back with Hound and Mirage. They, they, they're saying all. First of all, they're saying all of this in front of Ravage, <laughs> so stupid. Who's in the cage? And they're like, anyway, and like Hound's like twirling the key around his finger, and it, and they're leaving. And Mirage is like, you're just gonna leave him here. I was like, yeah, well, he's not going everywhere. And the just drops the key well, on the, the floor. Plan. That's part of the plan, though, because they they they're, right, they're, te- yeah. they're talking very loudly about the rocket base, and he drops the key so that Ravage will let himself out. Which, by the way, he's a very talented kitty. Um, he is a very talented kid. And he goes kid. back to report to Megatron, which, by the way, this scene here where he's playing inside of uh, Soundwave's tape deck, that's the only time Mega- uh, Ravage actually talks. Yes. Uh, yes. Otherwise, he's just making cat noises. But uh, um, We do get a really iconic line here um, where Megatron and uh, Starscream are sniping at each other again. And Starscream's talking about how he's going to be a leader, and Megatron responds to him by going, you couldn't lead androids to a picnic. Yes. Uh, which is a very well-known line. If you like terrible metal-slash-robot-related puns, boy howdy, you're going to love G1. We got it all. You're going to love- th- you are going to love G1 no matter what. This is a command. You, you will love G1. Uh, Yeah, so the the back to the fucking- quadruple big brain double fake out quadruple flip fucking dipshit brigade maneuver this is where we get three starscream yeah this is where all three (laughs) starscream they fucking attack the rocket base while all the autobots are busy like punching scarecrows basically um this is really an everyone's it really is (laughs) like by which I mean, and by the situation, I mean the entire show, just to be clear. So, so the, the Decepticons, like, get a whole bunch of energy. They have enough to, to open a space bridge back to Cybertron. Um, and this is where we get the first of many coup attempts from Starscream. And boy, is it... Boy, already we are starting at maximum pathetic. <laughs> he literally takes, like, one shot at, at Megatron. And Megatron just shoots him back and knocks him over immediately. And starts like, oh... I'm sorry. Ooh, 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 he's like cry typing. I was threatened. He, what I love about Starscream's assassination attempt in G1 <laughs> right, we'll is that, that every sure. t- 
I mean, that's what they are. They're very bad, but they are assassination attempts. Or sometimes Megatron um, just falls over incidentally, unrelatedly, and he's like, mine! My time to shine! Right. Well, regardless, um, is that every time they don't work immediately, he just throws up in hand, yeah. his hands and goes, guess I'll die. Yeah, he just like he just immediately goes into full grovel and is like, oh, please. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm your little silly rabbit, sir. I didn't mean to shoot you in the face. I keep you on your toes. Uh-huh. If it weren't me, someone else would do it. So this is where the Decepticons are starting to build their space bridge, and the Autobots go to stop them. And it's a big fight. Everyone's fighting. What's really oh, there's a really good moment here though, where, where Starscream is like shooting some people, and then Spike throws a rock at his null ray. Which knocks it off, and then when it's really funny because it knock it knocks the the null ray off his arm, and then he like kind of w- starts bending down to pick it back up, and then Prowl just runs it over. He's so put off by this entire battle. He's doing this. I have to. I like. I can't tell you how slow he's being about it. There's no urgency about it. He's just so it's, put it's off like, by it's everything. Like if you dropped a fucking pin on the floor. Like oh, I'm pick it up. Yeah. Real quick. Like no, you're being shot at actively. That's one of your main weapons, idiot. And then Prowl just runs it over, like, not even really trying, and, he's and just he's... in the middle of going somewhere. Exactly. And, like, Starstream just, like, stares <laughs> just, at it. Just so Empty-eyed slack-jaw, like, duh, <laughs> what happened? There's also, um, when, when Megatron and Optimus engage here, there's a great, the first part is a rare W for Optimus here, where he basically gets to Olay. Yeah, he fucking Judo Megatron- throws Megatron at one point, which is pretty good. Um... Yeah, but uh, again, none none of this really matters. The Decepticons get what they need, and they are blasting off again, but on purpose this yeah. time. Oh, also, I mean, we we didn't mention every beat because God, who can imagine doing that for G one? Sidestrap and, Str- and Sunstreaker showed up at some point to do stuff. Uh, Sunstreaker is the fancy boy in this show. Uh, Mirage is too, but Sunstreaker is more openly like snobby and vain. Uh, but they don't really do much. So don't worry about them, really. Anyway, yeah, they, the Decepticons are... That's not true. That's not true. They do something very important. That's true. They do, um, they do something. They do Jet Judo. They do Jet Judo. Um, so, again, once we get past these episodes and the Autobots can no longer fly, and actually we get, we're, we're getting Sideswipes. I assume this is why you're talking about them, because yeah. of Sideswipes uh, Jetpack. Um, but after, after these episodes... Uh, Sideswipe and Sunstreaker become the closest that the Autobots have to an anti-air unit. Yeah, because Sideswipe has a jetpack, and you know, until I mean, until yeah, the until they get the aerial bots in the middle of season two, they have no air air power at all. I guess they also get Power Glide. Well, they have Skyfire. Yeah, but Skyfire is Sky only Fire. around every other week, and Power Glide isn't really a fucking like combat guy. He's he's too yeah. busy wooing. He makes love, not yeah, exactly. war. He's too busy wooing human ladies to fucking focus on the war effort. Um, oh god! So Power Guide and the story are my favorite characters in G one. Actually, such a funny episode. So, followed by Rumble, followed by Starscream. So yeah, they're on the cruiser. The 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 the, the cruiser is blasting off. They built this thing really fast, by the way, and I love this. Immediately after they're on the cruiser, Starscream's like, "Okay, time for another another fucking coup." Well, yeah. There, so a couple things happen. First, like Optimus sees this goes up, and he's like, "I'm sideswipe. Give me your jetpack." 
and they're like, you're insane. And he's like, I'll be back. Yep. Um, and that's then everyone looks around and goes, hey, where's Mirage? That's right. a fun tool that will help us um, later. So back in Kooland, yeah, um, Megatron's like, ah, oh, Starscream, I see you've learned love, nothing. You've cheated not I only. I love the, the stance sub- he takes when he when he turns around to face. He like, he's like a fucking cowboy. He puts his, his hands on his hips, but in a manner of like he's reaching towards his guns, like he's getting yeah. ready. He's like uh, Ratchet in the comics. Exactly. With his hands always in his panties. <laughs> wow. Um, did you not see that line? That 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 was an actual thing. I, I must have forgotten. Where, or maybe maybe not. No no no. So um, J Row actually talked about the fact on uh, in MTMT last light that uh, whenever Ratchet was in a scene not doing anything, he wanted to have his hands hooked into his hips uh, for that kind of like old cowboyish kind of uh. things. But it's his. It's like it's his fingers in his panties <laughs> in, every, in every shot. Well, now I'll reread um, it and think about that every time I see Ratchet yep. not doing anything. Um. Anyway. Um. Speaking yeah, of not so doing anything, Optimus. Mega, well, well yeah. fucking. Wait, wait, wait. So Megatron. Yeah, Megatron's like you've cheated not only Decepticons, but also yourself. You've learned nothing. He blasts Starscream, and, and they're going on and on. He's like, I'm going to be leader one day, and Megatron's like. The problem with you being leader Starscream is that there will always be someone trying to usurp you, just like you doing me. And it's like, yeah, his name's Rat Trap. It's true. And Starscream calls him out on it in five minutes. And, yeah, but that's when Mirage fucking uncloaks and puts a sapper on the fucking Decepticon cruiser. And, I lo- and, then and he's all like, of the Decepticons just turn around and go, oh, shit, what? Who's that guy? And then he's like, anyway, and bye, he, enters Earth's yeah, atmosphere. He leaves, and the, the fucking Decepticon cruiser crashes into the ocean. And Mirage comes back down. And I, this line, okay, this line is weird. So he comes down and he has a cool one line right, where they, where they, he Ostra's like, Mirage, I was very reckless of you. And then he goes, sorry, I primed. The ship was full. The ship was what? full. He had of, to, he had to skydive out. water? Was no, it, it was of, full of people. Yeah. It was maximum capacity. Oh, uh, he was, yeah. he, he had, he, he, it's important to stay within regulations. Anyway, all of the audience right. like, well, that's, that does it. The FAA. We, that <laughs> does it. The Decepticons are dead forever now. Again. For the second it's time. It's not like the Ark survived orbital re-entry and everyone was fine. So clearly crashing into the ocean, that's way worse, right? It is really funny that the Nemesis is just like underwater See, for the rest but that's of the, the thing. It's series. not the Nemesis. It's something else. I forget what this ship is called, but like, it's a different one. The Nemesis is like in the jungle somewhere, I think. Because they do go to, they do oh, go to okay. find it eventually, but yeah. This ship will continue to be their base for the next two seasons of G1. Um... This fucking underwater base is a pretty cool base. I gotta say, I like it. Yeah, I've seen more than meets the eye. Do we get a stinger of like the Decepticons in the ocean yet, or is that just like not? Uh, any? we get so the last the last note I have here before we the 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 final stinger is that like Spike is journaling again, yeah. and he's like, "Wow, well, I'm sure glad those Decepticons are gone forever. Peace and love on Earth." Yep. Good, yeah, good job, buddy. Um, I'm sure that'll that'll carry forward. Um, but yeah, we get the very last thing that we get is um, a stinger where we don't see anything, but we hear it just like over the water, and you can see a dark shadow, and you hear like Megatron yell. Right. So they'll, they'll be back. They're all wet. It's fine. That's more than meets the eye. That's that. That was the world's introduction to the Transformers. 
it's very funny and i don't think it's funnier from here folks it's all it's amazing it's a perfect show you don't know no no it's you don't know the shit we're gonna get up to all right so we've got some questions and we made through those three episodes in pretty good times so we got time for all hell yeah we got one on twitter from at m gaunt who asks what do you think it's like to drink Energon? Like, what do you think the taste, viscosity, temperature, texture of it all is like? Thanks. Okay. So, it's blue raspberry. But often, usually it's pink. No, because we we've talked about this, about how pink is only in one continuity. Right, but I feel all right. So like. It's, it's, all, it's always blue. Is it? I've, al- I've always seen. It's like. Dr- it's either. It's like always blue, except um, except in like the comic continuity where it's pink. I think it's also pink and animated. At least the Energon cubes. Maybe, are. but we've only but we definitely talked about yeah. pink only being in one continuity before, uh, because I was talking about how, you know, how RC was considered. It was when we were talking about the RC episode of right, Animated. Yes. Um, where I was like, in the comics, you know, it's kind of like scary because it's a color of Energon. Yeah, this, all right, so it's, it's blue raspberry slash, yeah. uh, it's it's uh, like a, a berry blast for IDW and, and animated. Text, like, te- I think Energon's probably hot, right? Like it's So here's, here's what I imagine for it. I think it's, like, probably has, like, the viscosity of, like, milk. Oh. I don't think it's, like, creamy. I don't think it's creamy, but I think it's, like, a little bit thicker, you know what I mean? Um, And I think... It kind of is like pineapple in which it eats you back. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. I imagine there being an actual electric current going in. So it's kind of like very lightly putting a plug to your tongue. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I, 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 that makes sense. It's it's like it's it's an energy drink, basically. It makes you, it makes your teeth rattle when you drink it. Yeah, it's monster. Oh, God. Bottoms up and the devil laughs. They're all powered by monster energy drinks. All right. all right. On Discord from Daphnis, we have quick rank all of the Optimuses, Optimi, Optimodes we've seen so far, including Bayverse, on a scale from best dad ever to should never be left alone with all a right. child. So I think Prime Optimus, that's a good dad. That's a powerful dad right there. That is, that's the most dad dad we've seen. Animated Optimus. And I think, yeah. I think the most dad dad we get, period. Yeah, he is the dadliest of Optimuses. Like, yeah. Uh Pro Optimus is like a seven. Like he he's a little young, but like he's growing into the role, and I think he is usually pretty responsible. Animated yeah, animated Optimus. You know what? Instead of instead of giving them numeric values, I'm just gonna give them my like list of best to least. Right. So Prime and Top. Followed by Armada. Really? Yeah, I, I think Armada's better than animated. He's, he endangers those children so many times. But he really tries not to. Does he? He didn't uh. at first. <laughs> I think he maybe learned how delicate humans were. Yeah. I think I think he he's a little wiser. Sure. And a little a little yeah, more responsible. He's definitely so I put him second. He so, commands more respect. Then animated that tr- true. Then animated. Then G one. Yeah. And then Bayverse. Bayverse Optimus should not let be let near anyone with a like a head. Any any I any want... being with a with a head structure, <laughs> don't let him near them. 
I want a restraining order yeah. against me. Can we, just, shoot, can we shoot him in his space? Uh, he, he shouldn't be here. He's a danger to everyone. Yeah, he is. Vaver's uh, Optimus, not a dad, mostly just a, a murderer, a uh, bloodthirsty warlord. He tore Grindor's head apart with hooks. That's not dadly. <laughs> Uh, from Aurora number one, Ravage Enjoyer, uh, Casey Cosmos. Why are the Energon cubes rectangular prisms? What's the coolest Cybertronian vehicle mode we saw? Coolest fake-ass fictional gemstone? And what happens in the alternate dimension where the Decepticons use wooden turbines to get energy instead of d- damp lot? Who gets stuck spinning the blades? I know the answer to that one. It's Starscream. He has to hover it's, there. It's all of them. Yeah, all of the all of the seekers have to sit there and. It's fucking, the cone heads. Yes, as Starscream delegates and makes the cone heads yeah, do it. I, hang on, I got guys for this. Okay, <laughs> why are the why are the energon cubes rectangular prisms? Uh, it's compressed energy. Yeah, it's, they're usually cubes, but you know, squish them down and you get some little watchamolts. You can fit more of them in your subspace. Yeah. Again, is parentheses not BDSM? Uh-huh. Cool. Okay, we already said the coolest Cybertronian vehicle ones we saw is the Tetra Jets. That's Easy. no question. Yeah, coolest fake ass fictional gemstone. Mm. May uh, listen. I'm just I, I've been playing it right now, so I'm gonna say Luminous Stone from Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, I you know I like uh, Uncharted Two had the um oh god what's it called. The, the big sapphire that turned out to be like concentrated magical tree sap. I always thought no, that was cool. yeah. That's a good yeah, one. That's a nice one. Not technically a gem, but like it's no, a cool No, it thing. counts. You know he has some of that that's in the fourth game in his like attic where he keeps all his other keepsakes? That is, you should. That is absolutely a fake ass fictional it is. gemstone. It makes you into a, a, a big buff blue man. <laughs> Pretty cool. Although, didn't you say those rubies are real? Okay, no. okay, I figured. That was a joke. Okay. Sorry, that was a joke. Crystal rubies, which are real. <laughs> Sorry, ruby crystals, which yeah, are crystal, real. Yeah, crystal, crystals, of course, the, the second gen one, and ruby is the third ruby, gen one. Yeah, ruby crystals are my, my that's my stripper name. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Robin is Prime. Hey, so why didn't OP use that super strength that can pick up entire freighters again? Because didn't shut up. Didn't feel like it. There's humans. There's a bunch of them. Well, you don't need to fucking go all the way. From Slipstream Sam, if you could pick a retro future invention that people thought would happen and actually have it, what would it be? Oh, oh fully automated nurse robots, like all the Jetsons. Yes. I mean, made robots. Yeah, just, just that. Or like, imagine. All right. I mean, flying cars, obviously, like it would, it would create a new traffic situation, but. It'd be really nice for flying cars to exist and be one of the people who owns a road car. Because then imagine everyone's going to be flying because they want to be trendy. The emissions. We are in a gl- climate crisis. I'm going to assume that the flying cars run on hydrogen or something. Like We figured it out. We're, <laughs> they are all mini bombs. We're, yeah, it's just like Fallout where every, every car is a fucking nuclear reactor. <laughs> it's fine as long as you don't crash. Then you have to worry. Uh, Robin is Prime also asks, who thought the melody for the theme song the, was a good f- idea? It bangs. Leave me alone. I think the second season one's better. This one's, it's a classic. It's iconic. Yes. But like. No, the second one is better, the, obviously. The melody is so fucked up. <laughs> it's it's like someone, it, it's like um, that final battle in Mother 3. God. That's like the music that's in like 1937. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. It's it's 
it's not a it's not a very it bangs but it is also not a very pleasant auditory experience it is definitely not like it it is the it is one of the most classic tv theme songs of all time but they did it better later they figured out how to make it kind of funky in 80s instead of like i don't know i do like the guitar at the beginning they're like Like, that's nice i mean i I feel like everything could have been solved with just some rhythm issues yeah we taking a taking (laughs) the pass at this one boys um maybe put on a metronome next time um uh from black arachnia love bot how many boobies could a booby trap catch if a booby trap could catch boobies how many did Long this episode. one? That's in the future. This booby trap explicitly caught no boobies. And in fact, they were the boobies in this situation. Makes um, you think, doesn't it? <laughs> sure does. Um, if you had to make a Sonic game with a Transformers cast, who would you cast as Sonic? Hard mode, only ones you've seen in G1 so <sighs> far. So easy mode. Easy mode is easy. easy mode, that's a blur. Yeah, easy mode is easy. It's blur or animated Bumblebee because he's got the tood. Only G1. Uh, it's, I would say Blue Streak. Right, because he'd you know, make Blue Streak the Blue Streak, right. Or, or, alternatively, Thundercracker. Oh my god. I don't think Thundercracker is, like, chipper enough for Sonic, though. Personality-wise, no, but he can break the Sonic That's barrier. That's true. That is his outlier That's ability. That's call him at. So... And finally, this is a big question, actually. This is a big uh, a big thing. Should the Transformers be public figures, like an animated, or secret, like in Prime? So, it's funny, right? Because the, the theme song straight up says Robots in the Skies, but never at any point in G1 are they trying to hide well, at all. Well, the Decepticons do t- sometimes. True, but not mostly for, like, ambush reasons. They're not hiding their presence right. on Earth. Everyone knows about them. There's literally wanted posters of megatron in a later episode <laughs> yeah like who what, what the fuck are they it's like watch out for this guy it's like yeah if you see this guy you're already fucked like what's the point of these what do we do call the cops on megatron I mean, so i have like i'm torn of two ways depending on like how i feel as a person in a universe where transformers are real versus how i feel as a viewer watching this franchise um obviously if i was a person in a world where transformers were real I would want to know about that. Right. Um, as someone watching this, I think I think it inarguably has made things much more challenging. Exactly. It adds, for... it adds a layer of, like, they can't just do whatever they want. Yeah. Or when so... they do do whatever, like in Prime, Megatron doesn't really give a shit about that. So that's an interesting wrinkle, right? It's like a character thing. I right. do think the um, the the infiltrate the masquerade is like a cool wrinkle to these stories, and I do think that all a bumblebee like human reaction, particularly in the United States, but probably anywhere, would be to try to capture them and study oh, them yeah. in a way that is not conducive to anyone having a good time. And look, there's um, stuff that plays around with the masquerade breaking, right? Like there's the the earlier IDW stuff with all hail megatron and its aftermath like it's all interesting stuff and i i I also do kind of like the animated take on it right where they're just superheroes sorry i'm just thinking about all hail megatron and astro train killing everyone on the subway all hail megatron is a fucking hilarious comic it's i don't know how good it is but it's very funny it is it is so like 
That is the funniest thing they could have had Astro Train, who has the shittiest yeah. alt forms, the do. The Megatron is, that is, makes it so funny is, like, clear, like, it is so much what, like, an edgy 10-year-old would want to happen out of G1. Like, what if the fucking Decepticon just kill everybody? That'd be fucking cool. And that's, they wrote a comic about that. They did indeed. At some point, Megatron kills everyone in Beijing, I think. It's insane. All Hell Megatron is an insane comic. Genocide. Like, you can't really blame Earth for not really wanting the Cybertronians around after that. Yeah. I think I think later in IDW, the scale of All Hell Megatron was forgotten a little bit. Well, I mean, there's a field of flowers. That's true. Though I guess that doesn't really count it human life, does it? But it's still, like, symbolically there. It's like... Yeah. So that is it for questions. That is it for our first episode of G1. We have been Brian Cuts. I'm Nero. You can follow me on Twitter at DragonSmoosher. You can follow me in my various other projects in various other places, such as Radio Free Heidelin, the Final Fantasy XIV podcast I do with my friend Jane at Heidelin Radio. Our previous show, Podcast of Power, all about She-Ra 2018 at podcast of power i'm also on disney minus at disney minus pod which uh next up is ratatouille which was my choice because i i, I want to rewatch it i want to see it again i want to see that rat i'm audrey you can find me on tumblr and twitter and i guess co-host now <laughs> um at optimum on prime that's my funny robot internet joke you can also listen to the other podcast i do it's called pot of greed it's about Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, we are in season four of gx you can find that at pot of greed cast on twitter uh you can also uh stay tuned to hear more about an upcoming project i am uh releasing with a friend on the moonshot network more details about that coming soon and uh collectively yeah we've been prime cuts and you can find us on the noise space network uh which is continuously getting new shows these days yeah, welcome um, dr ha to the lineup i love the concept for that show because eventually they're gonna hit the the concept is of course uh sam and jordan are going to randomly do a random episode of uh the doctor who reboot every every uh week and eventually they're going to hit a finale, one of Moffat's clusterfuck finales. And that's yeah. going to be amazing because in context, those barely make sense. Out of context? Ooh. Ooh, I can't wait. Uh, Yeah, there's also uh, Gay Friends Chainsaw Dog Sanctuary, which is a new I gotta one. Watch. I got to watch and read Chainsaw Man. And uh, I'm trying to think of what else is new. There's like a lot of new stuff lately. Um, sounds about light the kingdom hearts podcast yeah, sounds about sounds about light is a good one i um, just realized that's skates. supposed to be sounds about right fuck yeah god damn it yep Shit. anyway lots of stuff on noise space lots of stuff being added to noise space um go check it out and i think that's it so until next time um hmm I'm going to uh, just casually drop these keys on the floor. Oops. I hope no one notices that and transform and roll out. I'm going to. I've been a little injured, so I'm just going to transform and. No, you needed 50 more seconds of that. (laughs) For the love of God, Peach. Peach.
wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons, the Transformers. Well, that's 